I'd like to welcome everyone back this uh, afternoon now. Um, are there any more greetings that weren't given this morning? Thank you, Brother Josiah. Any other greetings? Thank you, Brother Angela. Extend our greetings also. Just uh, three announcements this morning that uh, were announced this morning I'd like to repeat for this afternoon. The focus of the month is the Little Hands Orphanage. As was mentioned, uh, Brother Caleb and Sister Amara were in um, Takati and they came back and did their presentation um, in Kitchener this past Wednesday. Uh, and there's been organized a uh, Sunday school fundraiser for our church. And that is uh, weed pulling. And uh, that's next Saturday, right, uh, Brother Phil? Um, anyone that wants to participate, you will be sponsored to so many dollars, I'm going to say, not cents, <laughs> per weed that you pull. And this will all go uh, to the Takati um, Little Hands Orphanage. So please be here and uh, don't be afraid to approach uh, anyone that you think could help you out on that uh, noble um, exercise to pull weeds. We hope there's a lot. <laughs> so, um, and also coming up on Wednesday, the uh, Bible study will be continuing on with the life of Christ this coming Wednesday at uh, CFG. I don't think I've missed anything else. If um, that's all, let's all bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne of grace this day. We thank you for all that you have blessed us with. We thank you for the word this morning. We pray for your word this afternoon that you'd keep us alert and um, seeking what your will is for us in our lives, that you would be the teacher and just use the messenger to convey what your Holy Spirit has for us in store. Be with those that cannot be here, the sick, the shut in, the those that are going through difficult times in their lives, we pray that you'd be their comfort and strength. We ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> With the Lord's help, I'd like to turn uh, to the Gospel of John, chapter 10. John, chapter 10. Eventually, all of these, hopefully, all of these chapters will be covered in the uh, life of Christ as we go on, not perhaps in the depth that go through a sermon, but um, we pray that repetition will be reinforcing what we know and what we believe is beneficial for, for ourselves. John chapter 10, I'd like to start reading in the verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up <clears throat> some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. 
To him the porter openeth, the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily I say unto you, verily, verily I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep, and all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep, but he that is in hireling and not the shepherd whose own the sheep are not seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep the hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep i am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine and the father knoweth me even so know i the father and i lay down my life for the sheep And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring that they they shall hear my voice and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my father love me because I laid down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it up, take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. There was a division, therefore, among the Jews for these sayings. And many of them said, He hath a devil and is mad. Why hear ye him? Others said, These are not the words of him that hath a devil. Can the devil open the eyes of the blind? And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews around about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. 
Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy. And because thou that because that thou being a man makest thyself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said ye are gods? If he called them gods unto whom the word of God came, that the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest, because I said I am the Son of God? If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though ye believe not me, believe the works, that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Therefore they sought again to take him and to be, and he escaped out of his, their hand and went away again beyond Jordan into the place where John at first baptized. And there he abode. <clears throat> and many resorted unto him and said, John did no miracle, but all the things that John spake of this man were true. And many believed on him there. May the Lord bless the reading of chapter 10 of John. As we go through our Bible studies on Wednesday and the life of Christ, the, the life of Christ, the dates, the times, are actually timed by or derived by events that happen in the word that we read. For example, we, talked, uh, we read this afternoon about this was the Feast of the Dedication. So we know when the Feast of the Dedication is. It was the rededication of the temple after it was reclaimed by the, by the uh, Maccabees from um, Herod, from um, Antiochus Epiphanes. When they reclaimed through a blitzkrieg attack upon this big army and had defeated them and driven them out, they, they, they reoccupied uh, the temple, they cleansed it, and they rededicated this temple to the Jewish nation. We have the Passovers. The Passovers uh, occur every year as given in the, book of the, uh, the books of Moses, the first five books of the Bible. And they happen around about the time of Easter, plus or minus a couple of, a week or so, based upon uh, the Jewish calendar. And that's why it's different in different years. It's the Jewish calendar, not the, the Julian calendar. Then we have um, other feasts, the Day of Atonement and so forth. And based upon the number of Passovers and, and, and feasts of dedication, feasts of the tabernacles and so forth, and the years given by various rulers, uh, the Caesars, uh, the various uh, uh, governors and tetrarchs, they can determine exactly, well, almost exactly how many years to the month, if, if you will, that Jesus was on this earth uh, ministering. Chapter 11 talks about Lazarus, who was 
sick. And it took him four days before Christ came to, to visit Lazarus in Bethany and Martha and Mary, as we heard this morning. And then it goes on into chapter 12 when it talks about six days before the Passover. This was, if you will, very close. It doesn't say exactly how long after chapter 11, chapter 12 was written, but it seems like the continual flow that almost half of the book of John was written at the time of the last two weeks of the, the ministry of Jesus Christ on earth. We know that from chapter 12 and on, it was one week to go. It was six days before the Passover. And we know that Jesus was crucified just at the Passover. So when John the Apostle writes 50% of his gospel on the last couple of weeks of, the, of, of his life, you know, he's, he's, he's like a dying man giving his legacy to the ones he loves and warning the ones he loves of when he does depart, be careful. In this chapter, he was warning the people that he was the true shepherd, the good shepherd, the one that really cared for his sheep. He was not a hireling who was just doing it for the money and if danger comes that would uh, risk his life, he would flee and run and leave the sheep to themselves to be plundered and murdered and, and, and torn. Even in the, uh, is it the book of Ezekiel that says that he will raise up pastors or shepherds after his own heart one day and they won't be led by these um, People that were in it for personal gain, for money. They didn't care for the sheep. And so Jesus opens up very, very boldly. And as we heard this morning that he, he was, he knew his time, his hour was come. The hour was come. For this hour I am come. And he was telling them, Verily, verily, and when he re repeats verily in the Jewish uh, grammar, it's an emphasis. It's an emphasis. Listen, this is very important. I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up the other way, some other way, the same is a thief and the robber. And he was speaking this plainly to the Jews. Plainly to the Jews. And the application, of course, today is there is also many false leaders out there that aren't really um, good shepherds that look after the flocks, that care for the flocks, that love the sheep. Many had come and... Uh, one that, that, that I can re recall from history was Bar Kokhba, or Kokhba. He was supposedly the Messiah for Israel. 
and even mentioned, I believe, in Acts chapter 5, was it? Gamaliel talked about those that came before and they came to naught. So leave these men, leave these disciples be, leave these apostles be, because if it's not from God, it will not stand. And there are many today that could mislead us if we are not very careful, if we do not, if they do not measure up to the descriptions and the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the other thing that comes to my mind was in, 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 in Matthew chapter 13, there is the parable of the, the tares, the wheat and the, t- the tares. The, the wheat lookalikes and the weeds. And you have to be very careful because God didn't plant the tares. God didn't plant these. And he said, everything, Jesus said, if anything that my father didn't plant, he will pluck out. There's going to come a time where he will weed out the false uh, so-called teachers. And it will come, Peter's second, second Peter chapter 2 is very clear of false teachers, how they've come and they tried to destroy, and, and it, it, they went back to the, their vomit, and they went back to their wallowing in the, in the mire like pigs. These are out there not to lead the sheep, but to, uh, but to fleece the sheep, to, to take for themselves what they, with avarice and greed, want for themselves. So we have to be very careful. And there may be others also that may be um, trying to preach the gospel, but they've been misled by their previous teachers. They've been misled. And they just repeat what they hear others say. Be careful, dear ones, if you're watching YouTube or the TV or listening to the radio, be careful what comes up there because they put a slight spin on there which is not true. To the point... I've, I've seen it. I've seen it on uh, the internet where you have preachers or teachers that call themselves Christ in Russia, in Australia, and people believe them. They follow them. Now you say, well, we know, I'm not going to go that far. But there's all different shades of teachers and, 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 and preachers out there that will mislead the sheep. And their main uh, trait is that they're in it for themselves. They're, they're hirelings. They don't care for the sheep. They run when danger comes. And he says, He that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The true door to the sheepfold. He is the shepherd. He has the the authority to enter the door. The hireling goes over the fence. He goes, um, climbs over entrances, if you will, which are not authorized by God. And he tries to, to, as he says, kill and destroy 
And he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. This is the, the real good shepherd because they hear his voice. How do we hear his voice? Have we heard his voice? Have we heard the voice of Christ? Have you heard audible voices? What he means here is when we know the words of Christ and the will of Christ and the truth of Christ, when we hear messages, when we hear um, uh, teachings and it doesn't jive, doesn't sound like Jesus and the followers of Christ, his apostles, when it doesn't sound the, the, the truth, beware, this is not coming from Christ. These are, as John says, try and test the spirits. There's all kinds of spirits that have gone out into this world and we need to be very careful and test them. A stranger they will not follow. The ones that truly recognize the voice of Christ, they will not follow this stranger, but will flee from him. For they know the, not the voice of strangers. This parable Jesus spake unto them, but they understood not what things they, they were which he spake unto them. And Jesus again had to say, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep do not hear them. I am the door. And by the door, for those that aren't familiar with that, the, uh, when he corrals, the shepherd would corral them into the sheepfold. He would sleep across the door so that if anyone tries to enter in that way, he would be there on guard watching. He would be perturbed. He would be uh, warned that someone else is trying to go in or someone else is trying to go out. And he'd be warned. So he's the one that gives entrance in and out into the pasture by the, uh, the shepherd himself. On top of that, they may have several flocks in this uh, um, pen, this sheep pen, where there may be several of them, and the ones that he calls out will come out when he calls because they could recognize his voice and not the voice of another shepherd. This parable Jesus spake unto them. I am the door. And that's what he's getting at. What he's really getting at is, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The Jewish people felt that they could become saved if they adhere to the, to the teachings of Moses. But instead, they were taught by Pharisees, scribes, Sadducees, the priests. And they didn't give them necessarily the whole truth or misinterpreted the truth. That's why it's, dear ones, as we are here today, we don't just sit here blindly and just listen. Let us all listen and heed what God is speaking to us. If we just listen and, and, and go into automatic mode, 
Be careful. You know, the Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, let one speak and let others judge. In other words, we should be active listeners. We should be active listeners and saying, yeah, that makes sense. I understand that. And if we don't, have, if we don't understand that, we, maybe we need to do what the disciples did with Jesus. Afterwards, when he spoke the parable, they approached him and said, what did you mean by this parable of, of the sower? And then he explained it to him. And that's what seeking the kingdom of God is all about. Seeking, knocking, asking the things that we do not understand. We don't, we don't just take it in and say, yeah, I believe that point blank. Make sure that it's from the word of God. And number two, make sure we understand it. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for his sheep, but he that is in hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth them. So he's just elaborating more on what he meant in the verses before that. But listen now, if you remember last week, um, Brother Eric Janker was preaching on the I am's of Christ. Do you remember that? And he went through several, I don't know how many I am's. And what, as mentioned many times from this pulpit, the book of John is focusing on the deity of Jesus Christ, who Jesus was. Remember, Brother Eric mentioned about in the, the burning bush and, and Moses, when he went before Pharaoh, who shall I send? He says, tell them I am sent you. So the word, the coupled words I am was a real uh, uh, characteristic of the title of God himself and we talked about Yahweh and we talked about um, um, the covenant name of God and every time he says I am it must have jabbed the Jews of the time that's what God said of himself I am No man, he says, therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life and that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down for myself and I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. Who can do such a thing? If you die, how do you have power to take it up again? You're dead. Jesus was speaking some very, very high things here about himself in relation to the Father. And then he says on top of that, this commandment I received of my Father. And you can see as they're getting closer and closer to the crucifixion, he's becoming bold, more bold. Because his hour is now coming. Before he says, don't tell anyone of, the, of this miracle. Uh, you know, keep it to yourself. And they still went out and, and advertised what Jesus did to them. Even when he had converted wine, water into wine, um, he told his mother when she says, you know, we have no wine. He says, what's it to you, woman? My hour has not yet come, but now it's come. And as he spoke, 
It says there was a division among them, amongst the Jews, and many of them said he has a devil and he's mad. In another uh, gospel, it says, don't we say that you are a Samaritan and have a devil? I mean, how derogatory is that? You're a Samaritan. You're a half-breed. And you have a devil. But others were saying, these are not the words of him that has a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? They asked a very poignant questions, very simple, poignant questions. Like the blind man in John chapter 9, a couple of the chapters before. We know that this man is a sinner. And the blind man said, I don't know if he's a sinner or not, but I just know I was blind and I'm now, I can see. When there was plain proof of the, of the miraculous works of Christ, they rejected him. They rejected it. And it was at Jerusalem, the Feast of the Dedication, and it was winter. And then as Jesus walked in the temple of Solomon's porch, if you've seen the, 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 the new uh, Herod's temple, it was huge. It was a colossal structure that Herod built for his... He was a half-breed too, one-eighth Jew. And he built this big temple to somehow appease the Jews and somehow to, to show benevolence. And you see the, the, the porches, the huge colonnades, where probably where the disciples gathered. And then came the Jews unto him and said, How long dost thou make us doubt? I mean, he had just caused this division and now they came back to him because the things that he was saying and the, and the deeds that he was performing validated his words. They were proof of his words. If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe that Jesus was the Christ? Does it have to be plainly told you? Do you believe that? There are many that I know that do believe that Jesus was the Christ. Agrippa, was, I believe it was Agrippa, Paul was speaking to him at his, his uh, hearing before he went to Rome. He says, Agrippa, do you believe He said, I know you believe. And we're going to get into that a little bit here, but there are those that say you can't believe unless God makes you believe. You know, it says here that God, if you are in God's hands, no one can pluck you out because God's predetermined you to be in his hands. And if he puts you in his hands, he's not going to let you go. That's God's predetermination of your salvation. But Paul very clearly said, Agrippa, do you believe? And he said, I know you believe. He had the Holy Spirit. They trembled when he talked about the resurrection and the punishment, everlasting punishment. I know you believe. 
And even Paul, uh, in, in his own testimony before Felix and, and uh, Agrippa, he said, he gave the testimony of when he was on the way to Damascus and that blinding light. And he heard Christ, you know, telling him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? What did he say? Oh, I was not disobedient to that vision. I was not disobedient to that vision. Everyone has the opportunity to say yes or no. And everybody has the opportunity to say, I don't quite understand it, but I want to follow through with this because there's a ring of truth to it. I ask you again, my dear friend, do you believe? Do you believe that there is a God? If you believe that there is a God, do you believe that there is a Christ? If there is a Christ, do you believe what they said about the Christ? Something that, again, what Paul said, I believe was to Agrippa, this was not done in a corner. The whole world could see it. The whole Jewish world could see it. The news traveled all over Middle East. The resurrection was witnessed by 500 believers that Christ was alive after he, was die, after he died and was buried and resurrected. And they come to him and say, if you be the Christ, tell us plainly. So he did. He told them. In the end, he was very, very um, uh, direct. But here he says this. Jesus answered them, I told you and you believed not. He said, I've already told you that I am the Christ. You didn't believe me. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not. Why? Because you're not of my sheep. That doesn't mean that God didn't choose you. That means you are not my sheep. You don't want to follow me. You really don't want to follow me. And you haven't been following me. So you're not of my sheep. I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I can tell you very plainly of those that I know that they had a very um, committed, if you will, or deep belief in Jesus Christ. But when other choices in life came about, they don't want to hear it. They still believe it, but they don't want to hear it. Not now. Was it Festus? I forget in chapter 24, 5, 6, that says, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Almost. There are other things that I need to do. And one of them said, I will hear about this another time. Perhaps our biggest our biggest enemy the most lethal the most potent enemy is procrastination putting it off putting it off
and then it's too late. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. You know, one, I remember once sitting up at the pulpit at the old Western Road Church and uh, someone announced the hymn, was it, I place my hands, myself in Jesus' hands, 177. And he says to me, you know, this, this, this song or this verse that we're going to sing now has got a lot of theology in it. I said, I looked at the verse, it says, Who holds to him, by him is held. Remember that verse? Who holds to him, by him is held. I think that's what this verse means. That's what Jesus meant. No man shall pluck them out of my hands. No man can snatch you out of my hands. If you want to stay with me, I will not let you go. But if you want to leave, it's your own choice. That's what it says in Romans chapter 8. What shall separate me from the love of Christ? Shall persecution, shall whatever, right? Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ unless you don't want to abide. That's why Jesus said in chapter 15, five more chapters down, he said, I am the true vine. He that abides in me and brings fruit will glorify him. But if you don't bring forth fruit, I'll cut you off. We can't take one verse and make it a, a, a text verse for, for, to prove my viewpoints. It's got to be the whole, the whole gospel, the whole... Um, Entire gospel as the Apostle Paul wrote in the book of Acts. <coughs> and then he says, I and my Father are one. And that hit them. I and my Father are one. Then the, Jew, the Jews took up stones to stone him. Jesus said to them, many good works have I showed you from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? Do you get angry at God? I've seen people that get very angry at God. They believe in God until things don't go their way. They get angry. I've even some, heard some say, I hate God. And who professed him before. Because things aren't going my way. And the Jews answered, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, and because that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. Jesus, in Matthew, was it 12? When he had cast out the devil, they accused him of a casting out the devil by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. They actually said, you're collaborating with the devil to cast out the devil. 
And we know what Jesus said to that. He said, whoever blasphemes God, it will be forgiven him. Whoever blasphemes the Son, it will be forgiven him. But whoever blasphemes the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him. Not in this life, nor in the life to come, nor in the world to come. In another gospel, it actually explicitly uh, translates blasphemy as speaks evil against. That's what it means in the Greek. Blasphemy to speak evil against God, to speak evil against Christ, but to speak evil against the power of the Holy Spirit and evident, um, plain evidence that God is at work here and then to push that away, to reject it, you're in great danger. I once heard it explained that to speak evil against God and to speak evil against Christ is an external thing. But to speak evil against the Holy Spirit is to speak evil against the one that is convicting your heart, convicting your soul, and you are pushing it down and, and rejecting him because it's an internal conviction. Despite the fact that you say, yes, you believe in Jesus, you believe in God. You only believe in Jesus and God when maybe he does what you want him to do. You don't want him to guide your life because you think he's making a mistake if he doesn't give you this girl, if he doesn't give you this job, if, he does, if he's allowed this to happen, that somebody in you, that you love is dear to you dies, then I can't trust God anymore. I can recognize what I want and how come God's not hearing my prayers. Frankly, probably the most of the people that lose their way are the ones that want to take their lives into their own hands. And Jesus, just before this, says, and I give you eternal life. I will give you eternal life. I'll give you life and life more abundantly, he says in, in the earlier verses. And you want to choose the direction you want to take. You want to make your own decisions. And Jesus says, verily, verily, Listen to me. Pay attention. Don't do it. I'm the good shepherd. I care for you. I love you. I'll give my life for you. I did give my life for you. I laid it down and I'll take it up myself. Greater love has no man than he that lays down his life for his friends. You still thinking about it? You're still thinking about it. And then Jesus says, Say ye of him whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world that you blaspheme because I said I am the Son of God. If I don't do the works of my Father, don't believe me. Don't believe me. He challenged them. But if I do, though you believe not me, believe the works, 
that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Therefore they ought again, they sought again to take up stones or, or to, to kill him basically, but he escaped out of their hand. And went away again beyond the Jordan into the place where John had first baptized and there abode or remained. And many resorted unto him and said, John did no miracle. But all the things that John spoke of this man were true. And many believed on him there. John didn't do a miracle. He was the pointer to Christ. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He was not that light, it says in John chapter 1. But he came to, to show, point to the real light, Jesus Christ. I pray that you will, for those that are not yet in the covenant of the Lord Jesus Christ in his sheepfold, I pray that you would see Jesus as someone that cares for you. Someone that is really concerned about your salvation. He said that you may be saved. And that he has the best in mind for you in your life. I've seen too many too many friends my own brothers others that were in this church that have decided to go their own way and they're not in good places may the Lord speak to your heart May the Lord give you that conviction to realize that Jesus Christ is that true door, the good shepherd that cares for you. To him be the glory evermore. Amen. Will the brother find a hymn, please? Two thirty-five. Two verses. Uh, Hymn number 235, the first two and the fourth verses.
Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for the day you've given to us that we could gather in your house of worship um, once again this afternoon to listen of your word. Um, Father, we've heard um, plenty today of your word and how we have heard of how oftentimes we, we may not agree with um, the path you, you choose for us in life, Lord. We, we would rather choose our own path because of comfort, um, leisure, and pleasure. Um, and, and so we, we choose to not listen to, your, to the Holy Spirit prompting us, and we, um, we leave it for another day. And we, and we heard today about the, the danger of procrastination. So Father, we pray, um, even, um, even now for those who have been hearing your word, Lord, um, if anyone here, if their heart was pricked today, we pray that um, they would not delay, but that they would, um, with urgency, realize um, our, our lives are short. Um, it's like wind. Um, it's here today and gone tomorrow. So we pray, Father, that for all those that are listening, especially for those who have not given their lives to you, um, Father, that they would, um, with urgency, make the decision to follow you, um, knowing that not even the end of today is, is guaranteed for any of us. So Father, please, um, please help us to understand this. And Father, help us to also recognize um, just how loving and patient you are with us. Oftentimes we may not feel, um, maybe we feel like we've um, in some way um, sinned beyond um, your grace, and, and so we, we punish ourselves by not turning to you right away. Father, help us to realize that um, as soon as we sin, that we, can, that we can repent right there and then, that we can turn away from our sins, that there's no, there's no sin that the blood of Jesus Christ cannot cover. And so we just pray um, for your blessing, um, that you give us wisdom in those, in those moments, the moments where we feel despair or discouragement, that we would not let our emotions get the best of us, but that through the knowledge of your word, we know that we can repent even there. Father, we also just want to Pray for those in our midst who are sick. Um, we want to especially pray now for Sister Sophia and Brother Edwin. Um, we, we know that Sister Sophia is not um, doing well at the moment, so we pray that you would um, comfort her and strengthen her through her difficult time, and that you'd also be with Brother Edwin as he goes through this trial as well. We pray that you would give them strength and encouragement, um, and that we as the church body would not forget them, but that we would continually pray for their healing. We're also reminded of Sister Olga. Um, we know she can't make it so often, um, but we do, do pray that you would help her as well. Father, be with us the remainder of this day um, and that we would be able to tra uh, travel home safely. We pray all these things in your son Jesus' name, amen. I remember in first year high, back in Australia, we were forced to take Latin for three years. Um, I don't know why I took it, but we had to. But I learned a lot of things there. I learned a bit about the basic, the, the, the verb and, and a noun roots. Um, but I also learned a lot of history. Not a lot, I learned history through it. And some of that history, I remember, I'm pretty sure that they talked about Porcius Festus. Porcius Festus. He was the one in Acts. Festus Felix and Agrippa. 
and they all received the gospel from Paul. And there was a purpose why Paul was in chains, why he was bound. He was told through Ananias when they refused to were wary of Paul, the, the persecutor. Now they've got to, you know, work with him, go to him in, in Damascus. And the Lord told him, he, I must show all the things that he would suffer for my namesake. That he'd appear before kings, like Jesus said, for the apostles. They'd appear for judges and rulers and kings and give evidence to this world. And I believe it was a gripper in the end, and we sing it in our gospel hymns, almost persuaded. Almost persuaded now to believe. Almost persuaded Christ to receive. And then the last verse says, almost but lost. I believe that was a gripper written after him. He says, almost thou persuadest me to become a Christian. But almost can be but lost. You heard that saying, a miss is as good as a mile. And salvation is often um, given the analogy, if you try to do it on your own, if you try to do it with your own works, you can, you can run and try to breach that chasm, but if you fall short by one inch, you destroy yourself. Because you don't have the power to breach the gap between God and man. To breach the gap of sin that separates us from, from God. That can only be breached by Jesus Christ who is the bridge between God and man. The mediator between God and man, Jesus Christ. So I pray, I beseech you, in Christ's stead, be reconciled unto God. And accept his truths, accept his teachings, and accept his sacrifice on the cross for your sin. To him be the glory evermore. Amen. This concludes our service.